Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better family, better business, better health, and better self. And today, I'm honored and excited to share another of our Mom Maker series. Today, we're featuring two incredible women who are product creators. They make incredible, gorgeous products, and I cannot wait to share them with you. Natalie Wong is the maker, owner of Pep Soap Company based in Port Moody, British Columbia, and she makes gorgeous soaps with simple natural ingredients that's oh so good for your skin. She hopes that her products are a gesture of self-care, a signal of self-love, and a daily reminder to be kind to yourself. I love her soaps, I'm in love with them, and every time I use them, I feel like I'm having a spa moment. My other guest is a dear friend, and she's a mother of two girls, a social entrepreneur, Wendy Armsbrewster. She is the founder and CEO of Snuggabell and World Breast Pumping Day. Snuggabell manufactures high quality fourth trimester products that promote maternal and child health while being both functional and beautiful because Wendy believes that women should not have to sacrifice their personal style just because they're moms. Wendy, my dear friend, has uh, been nominated for many awards and she's the winner of many. Uh, to name a few, she was the top mompreneur for 2009 by Mompreneur Magazine. She was the winner of the 2014 Leading Moms Award. And her products are available in hundreds of retailers across nine countries. So let's bring these beautiful ladies on and so I can share them right away. Oh my goodness, I am just thrilled and very excited to have these two incredible women with me, these incredible mom makers, and I admire them up close and from afar, and I just cannot wait to, to share Wendy and Natalie with you. Wendy, say hi. Natalie, say hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> we are just going to jump into this. Like, I could, I could brag about each of you all day long. But this is not that podcast, so <laughs> I, I do want to just give incredible shout-outs to these ladies. They are moms. They are visionaries who took uh, an idea for a need and made it into a product that is gorgeous and in high demand. And like with Wendy's, I, I, I told her once, jokingly, I don't even remember. I think she would remember that I said, you know, if I could get pregnant right now, I would just to get her product because she makes incredible nursing breast pump bras. And I mean, they're gorgeous. They're so stylish. And you have to check her out at Snuggabelle. And Natalie, I love, love, love your soaps. To me, it's like my spa moment in my shower. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have to try some soaps. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, so I'm going to ask you right away, ladies. Wendy, I would love for you to just quickly give a summary of your story. Like, how did you become the maker and founder of Snuggabell? Well, my whole family is creative, so I'm not surprised that I ended up here. But it, it, it was kind of a funny segue. Um, I went to school for fashion design, and then I had a baby. 
I was at home breastfeeding. Um, I didn't have a full maternity leave because I was uh, freelancing as a pattern maker in the apparel industry here in Vancouver and, and around the world because I, I was CAD-based um, and I needed to keep my clients happy. So I was, um, so my husband took a, a, a late night feeding so that I could get some work done uh, because the work was something that I couldn't just jump into for five minutes. It was intense kind of math-based work. Um, and, uh, friend got caught wind of it and said, you know, are you going to pump? And I'm like, why am I, why do I need to pump? I, I mean, I sit on the couch and breastfeed, but then I saw that there was value in pumping at least just for that one evening feed so I could get some work done. First time pumping. I'm like, this sucks literally. And thought there's gotta be something to hold this pump for me so that I can at least treat the channel on the TV or flip the page in a book. I also had uh, carpal tunnel syndrome after I had my daughter's. And, um, so I looked online, saw what it was, wasn't impressed. And so I made my own and, uh, it honestly just was just for me. And then people got wind, caught wind of it, said, you should take it to market. So I thought, okay, I have a service-based business. I'll, I'll produce a bunch in, in a factory and, and build a website and it'll be passive income, passive income. <laughs> and then it just kind of took off from there. That is incredible. And what I love, Wendy, is... I think you, you name it is the, it's the fourth trimester that you were focusing on. It is a fourth trimester product and, yes. and it is so amazing because, you know, we focus on the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, but the most care that both mother and child need is that fourth trimester. And, and I think your product helps with mental health as well. And, Especially now with COVID. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so, so many people are at home working and, and, you know, you can't really breastfeed on a Zoom call, but you can, you can pump or you can pump while you're working on your computer. Um, I was going to yeah. say, you really, uh, depending on the angle, you could probably breastfeed. You could. You could. <laughs> yeah. You could. It's, and, and mom, there's just a couple of articles in, I think, the New York Times and, and another uh, leading um outlet in Canada about the load being at, uh, more on the women at home than yes. the men, which, you know, is kind of throughout history has been kind of a thing. Um, but even more so now with COVID, it's, uh, you know, they're at home with kids, homeschooling, uh, you know, taking care of young children and, and trying to work and their husband may be at home working too. But, you know, and I'm not trying to uh, bash men and husbands, but you know the load is typically greater on the on the moms. Absolutely, and your your product is a solution just to like you know every woman says they wish they had an extra pair of hands. Well, now they can with your product. So that's one of our taglines. Yeah, uh, need, a, need an extra pair of hands? We'll give you two. I love that. Okay, ladies. Now I know that before we start recording, I saw your beautiful coffee mugs. Can we just? Do a little cheers here because I I just want you to show your mugs. Just cheers, cheers. Yes. <laughs> yes, you can never have too much coffee. I don't know if everybody's drinking coffee, but I am. <laughs> Miss Natalie, tell us, tell us your your short little summary of how you came to becoming the founder of Pep Soap. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so happy to be here. So, you know, people, like many people overthink and overwork, especially women. 
Uh, and that was certainly me when I was in my 30s. Uh, at the time, I was working full time and I did not have the tools to manage my mental health. Um, in fact, I didn't even I didn't even have the awareness that I, that was what I needed. And the consequence being then I just kind of spiral down to the point that um, I can't continue to work. I have to stop working, right? So at the time I was working as a software developer, I was pulling in good hours. I was pulling in good money for the family. Uh, this is this wasn't something that I, me and my husband had planned, but then I became an accidental stay-at-home mom, right? So this is why self-care is so near and dear to my heart, because when we don't take care of ourselves, it's not pretty. Like I have firsthand experience of that, right? So fast forward 10 years, now we're talking about like in 2015 timeframe, my kids were older. They were in school full time. Uh, I still remember the first day of school when I dropped them off to school and I came home and I made coffee. And um, I was like, you know what? This is nice. I can actually sit down for a mug of coffee without being interrupted, right? <laughs> so it was awesome. So I started thinking to myself, I wonder if I can start my own business. Like, I wonder if I can make it work. And at the time, I was using my hands doing all kinds of things. And one of them was I was making soap. So instead of wondering, I figured, you know what? I'm just going to do it like, and see what happens. So four years later, I'm still here. I'm still having fun. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, that's incredible. And I... I, I love how both your stories share how it, it was something you were just doing and then it naturally morphed into a business. It wasn't like you're like, okay, I'm going to kind of create a product tomorrow and it's going to be soap or a breast pump bra. But it was something that you were already doing out of your own skills, out of your own talents, and then it, it just naturally flowed into an accidental business. And I, I do want to know from each of you, how did you come to name your company? Like, how did you come up with Pep Soap? Why is it called Pep Soap? Uh, I kind of, there's some history to it, but really it's just a matter of, okay, adding, adding a pep to your steps, right? Like just making it, because the whole point of Pep Soap is to make your day better. Uh, it's a gesture of self-love, right? So I go, okay, Pep Soap, that works. And so there it is. <laughs> Love it. I love that. I like that. Yeah, pep is a great word that isn't used as much as no. <laughs> And the URL is available, right? <laughs> yes, that's another thing. There you it's go. a great name, and then now you Google it quickly to make sure someone else doesn't have that. How about you, Wendy? How did you come up with Snuggle Bell? Well, I first, <laughs> I first named the product and, and slash the business Mike and Tony's because my daughter's names are Michaela and Antonia. But uh, I went, when I went through the BCIT uh, entrepreneurship program, I got the feedback that it sounded like a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> I can so I uh, changed the name to Snuggle Bell because um, the girl's last name is Bell, and they used to ask for snugs when they were uh, little, instead of hugs, they asked to ask for snugs. Oh. And uh, I wanted to create a new word, um, not like just put some words that were already out there together. I wanted to create a new word and that's what I came up with. I love it. 
And I fully understand that. Like when I was creating Easy Daisies, I thought, okay, well, what? What am I going to call these magnetic daily visual schedules? Because that's a boring name, magnetic daily visual schedules. And I thought, well, they're for kids, so kitties. And and you know, I remember back then, I think it was like ten bucks to buy uh, a domain, and I so I, I bought two right away. I'm like, okay, there's kitties. And then the point and purpose of Easy Daisies or these daily visual schedules is to create easy days for children and then it became easy daisies and that's that's how easy daisies came to be i think that i love your name oh, it's you. a great name yeah <laughs> yeah i i i know that energy i want to know how long have you had your pep soap natalie how long is that uh it's been four years for just over four years i think around yeah that's wonderful. Congratulations. Wendy, how long has Snuggle Bell been around? Twelve and a half years. Wow. Twelve and a half years? <laughs> Congratulations. It'll Congratulations. be 13 years at the end of January. Congratulations. Thank you. When I, you know, we all go through our journeys as product creators and we have learned lots. I would love for you to share one lesson, just one because there are so many that you think would benefit our listeners right now? So a lesson that you went through and said, this is something I need to share with my children and with any other product inventor out there, this is a, a big lesson I've learned. Wendy, can I start with you? Sure. Um, it's quite timely actually that you're asking this. Uh, so it takes money to grow a business. That's a big lesson for me. Um, I basically bootstrapped, uh, for 12 years, but I ended up stuck, stuck in startup phase. I wasn't able to scale the business. So, and I actually almost lost the business in the last year because, uh, the number of reasons that I won't go into, but just the markets changed and I didn't have the money to react, etc. So, um, so, so actually, I'm actually doing an equity raise right now and uh, to get money to scale the business. Um, I'm 54 now, so I'm looking to exit at some point in the next two or three years. And uh, so I'm 80% funded so far and things are going well. And so, yeah, so don't, don't wait till the last minute to make a business plan. Like write the business plan to explore all the nuances of your business it's a, it's a good 40, 50, 60 hour job, but it's totally worth it. And don't wait too late to act, to get financing, it, it, you know, either from a bank or from a friends and family raise or whatever, because by the time you ask for it, sometimes it's too late. By the time, by the time you need it, uh, it, yeah, you know, by the, by the time you ask for it, sometimes it's, it's getting to be too late. Be ready to ask and ask early when you don't really need it yet. Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid don't be afraid to get financing don't be afraid no. to borrow money and as you know we i don't know if it's a woman thing but my own experience too is like oh no i don't want to ask for help i don't want to borrow i don't want to you're busy enough you're already tight for money like there are so many platforms where you can get funding and don't be afraid to explore it because yes it does take money to to make money and do not be afraid to go down that route. Thank you for sharing that. Natalie, what is a lesson that you would like to share that you have learned? Yeah. Well, I love what, when you were saying for me, 
there are so many, but one is I have, I find I have to learn to love marketing. Um, not only to do it, but love doing it, right? Uh, again, it might be a women thing because there's, there's negative connotation associated with marketing, right? Um, but really marketing, all it is, you show up for your people who can use our products or services. Uh, we are not selling crap, right? We are selling a product that we believe in. So it's almost like our duty to show up and show people what we have to offer, right? So like, it's definitely getting outside of my comfort zone, right? It's not something that I'm comfortable with, like speaking in front of the camera and always be out there. But, you know, I think, I think two tips that I find helpful for me is number one, remember, this is not about me, right? This is really about, you know, maybe somebody is tired, overworked, overthinking, and somebody really wants something that's good for their skin and as a signal to take care of herself. Like she needs my product and she needs to hear what I have to say on why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's number one. It's not about me. And then number two, I find helpful is, um, you know, when an idea comes to me, I have to do it before I can talk myself out of it. Right? Like, just, just go do it. You know, let your hair down and doesn't matter. And then, you know, and then at least the, that way I'm moving forward. <laughs> love, love, love everything you said. You said so many great things in there. You said, <clears throat> this wasn't even one of your points or lessons, but it, just show up, right? Show up, show up and be present. And yes, marketing is, is tricky. It could be very intimidating. But I love what you said. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's not about Wendy and Natalie or Elaine. It is, we we are shy. We are very bashful. And I'm being generalizing, of course, because there are women who, who know how to rock this. But I'm saying we know how to rock this because we acknowledge this hiccup in our lives of, of being shy, being timid, but you know what? Someone said that to me, Elaine, you're being selfish. If you're not sharing the solution that you have just created for a problem that exists, you are being so selfish. <laughs> Our wonderful listeners right now, if you have a service you provide, a product you provide, let's let's put ourselves back outside of this bubble of this picture of the solution that we have created to offer to somebody. If you picture it as, you know, there is a mom out there who's struggling with self-care. She doesn't feel pampered. There's a, a mom out there who is pulling her hair out because she she is nursing all the time and she just doesn't even know how to, to function and have some freedom. Or that mom who is pulling her hair out with just trying to figure out how to get her kids to become more independent or cooperative, right? We have solutions we have created, and that is what we have to share, right? When you are sharing your story, that's what you want to present in your, your platforms, right? If you are, so we are all small businesses, right? So our, our, our wonderful platform for marketing is free social media, right? Whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest, 86% 86% of women refer to social media before they make a purchase. 500 million people are on Instagram a day. It is the fastest growing social media platform in Canada. 
these are all at our fingertips and and yet we aren't remembering to go and share the beautiful solution that we just created to help that one woman. And don't think you're oversharing when you share it often because every time you share a post, they say it's less than 2% of your following see it. So share it again because maybe you'll hit another 2%. So share the solution, right? I'm not saying sell, sell, sell. I'm saying, hey, you know what? I, I do this or I discovered this and this helps. And it's a great place to also plug other uh, small businesses and local yeah. businesses to say, I discovered this, I'm sharing this. And so you touch on so many great things. Remember to share the solution. It's not about ourselves. So don't be shy to share your solution. I want to jump right into a risk or a mistake that you have done that you have learned from in your business. Because you know what? Many of our listeners are women entrepreneurs who, who look at your incredible businesses and think, how did you get there? Like, was it always a smooth road? And I know Wendy has touched on, on some of the reality in, in her previous answer, but I, I'm going to ask Wendy to just pick a mistake. And I, I know I've said this before about Sarah Blakely who invented Sphinx. She, she once shared that as growing up, her dad would ask at every dinner in a joyful voice, Hey guys, share a mistake you did today. Instead of how was your day, he'd say, because that encourages and fosters us to be risk takers. That it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay. I like that. Yes, it sucks to be in the mistake while it's happening, but it is. That means you're doing something right. Because it means you've stepped out of your comfort zone and you are going to learn and grow, and and you're going to be at a higher step than when you first started. So, Wendy, my dear friend, do you have a mistake that you've done? <laughs> no, I, I've never made a mistake ever. <laughs> Perfect. But let's make up one. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, I made uh, a, a big mistake early on in my business. Um, I was, like I said, I I was doing like, my patents and all the trademarks, et cetera, et cetera. First production runs everything on a line of credit and you know credit cards and um i had a, distri dist a distributor approach me and i glossed over i just read the distribution agreement myself i didn't have a lawyer look at it mm -hmm. and uh it probably would have cost me i don't know maybe 500 bucks or something to have a lawyer look at it and it ended up costing me over five thousand dollars uh less than a year later to get out of it so um don't yeah, make sure you have professionals uh, by your side to to look at things that you don't under necessarily understand completely. Um, and that was a big mistake, and then I had to, yeah, it 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 actually put me in a bad financial uh, situation for because I had to buy back all my inventory that she had, and um, really that that that. Looking back, that made a huge difference in how my business grew. Yeah. So it was a big, big mistake. Great lesson. Great lesson. Yeah. And uh, it is worth the money to protect yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I have a very nice lawyer now. He's young and whip smart. And yeah. That's awesome. I may have to continue that conversation later with you. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, how about you? Yes. Oh, well, no. that, that's, any mistakes that's, along the way? Just one. 
Yeah, well, I just make the comment. I just want to make the comment about Wendy's. It's so important to have people that you can trust, that you can talk to, right? And that's that's part of my mistake was because from the day that I decided to turn this into a business to the day that I was ready to sell, it took a good eight months. And during those time, I was working entirely in silo. Like I would get my information online, um, but I didn't have people around me that were going through the same thing or a few steps ahead of me. So I wasn't getting the feedback that I need. I didn't know whether I was on the right track or not. And it was just lonely and not as fun, right? Um, and then I think back on uh, why I didn't tell people, why I didn't talk to more people. And really it's, a, it's the fear of failure, right? Because I did not know whether it's actually gonna become anything at all. Like I did not know where this is going to take me. So the unknown uh, uh, and the fear of looking silly has prevented me from going out and talking to people and surround myself with people that can support me. And now knowing now what I know now, it's so important to have a community of people that you can turn to like, and they know exactly what you're going through. And that makes a huge, huge difference. And so I highly recommend anyone starting out or in the journey at any point in time, like have people that gets you and that will make a huge difference. I love, love, love what you said. It is, it can be a very lonely journey for sure. And, and I, I remember when I first started Easy Daisies, I, I was absolutely alone. It was me and three kids under five years old and a kitchen table, a pantry that I would shut myself in to have a conference call and crack the door open a little bit to throw out some Rice Krispie squares to buy myself two more minutes. <laughs> and and it was lonely and, and, and I was not trained to be an entrepreneur. I was a school teacher. And I think this is where Wendy and I first met. And it, I was invited to a, a Facebook group of these mom inventors, and it was American. And I, I, I grabbed on and said yes. And, and it was so great to just see that other women were up at 3 a.m. figuring out their businesses and, and getting feedback from each other and um, sharing contacts. Absolutely. Yeah. And and, and okay, this is the first time I'm announcing this, but um, as I, I was sharing with you ladies uh, pre-recording that um, this podcast has a rebrand of called Create Better, and I'm actually going to create a Facebook uh, group called Women Who Create Better, and it will be exactly that platform of just connecting with other women and a safe place um, where you can trust and and get help and just vent or just throw an idea out there. So it is so important to have that safe place. And so, yes, so there, there will be that group. And so watch your emails <laughs> because I'm be honored for you to be a part of it. And yes, yeah, so it's called Women Who Create Better. But as, as a product creator, which I, you, you've both been doing this for a while, is there a tip or I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot, three tips, three tips that you could share with a woman who's listening right now who, or a man who is a product inventor or who would like to be, what are three must knows that they should be aware of and remember as they are a product creator? What is 
gonna go with Wendy. She's been doing this longer. <laughs> Wendy, tips. Okay. Um, tip number one is it's not just what you like. Uh, do your research into what your market likes. Um, we our products are printed, and I'm like, oh, well, I really love this print. And uh, you know, and every one of my employees like, Wendy, it's not about what you like. It's what is going to sell. And I'm like, ah, but I have such good taste. <laughs> But uh, so that's thing. Do your do your research. Um, scaling uh, scaling the business so you can get your costs down. So get those supply chains in place. Have backup suppliers. Um, I'm a relationship person. I really uh, like. I re it's important to me to have people in my in my circle that I respect and like. Not all always about the best price. Uh, you know, are, do they treat their employees well? Da 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 da. Um, and third is distribution. Um, it's changed so much since I started this business. Uh, you know, I, I used to have a lot of retailers. Now everything is on Amazon or online. Mm -hmm. uh, moms, and now with COVID, that just makes it even more so. Um, where is your Where is your customer? Where does your customer want to hear? Where your, Where does your want to cut? Where does your customer want to get the information and how does your customer want to receive the information mm -hmm. and, uh, and be there? So those are my three tips. Yeah, I'm just going to recap on that. Those three incredible points. And I probably should have written it down because I'm just captivated by the last one. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to make you say that. No, the first one was, okay, that's how bad Wait, I am. Mark, know your market. Yes. It's not about what you just like, but it's, it's, what is the need and want of your customer? And, that, and you do have excellent taste and I love your patterns. And I'm just gonna do a little plug for you right now. Like I I have some of Wendy's at their wet bags. Is that what they're called, wet bags? Yeah. And I love them. My favorite one is this red with white polka dot one. She has this incredible taste in everything. But yes, it's what does your customer want, right? And your second one, I know your third one, but what was your second one? Scaling and supply chain, get your costs down. Yeah. Scalability. Um, make sure that you have a plan. Is is how is it going to be scalable? What you are doing right now, what you are creating, what you are providing as a service. How is it going to be scalable so that it will uh, continue to increase that cash flow and profit margin? And that third one is distribution. And I love what you said, Wendy. It's not always about the cost like who's the most affordable because it is about the people and the quality of the people and what I mean by that is their core values their integrity it is worth definitely paying a little bit more for it to match that over a, a lower dollar absolutely yep. the apparel industry is a huge polluter and I really do not want to contribute to that mm -hmm. by, by producing a product that ends up in the landfill in six months Thank you. My dear Natalie, three tips or strategies that you would share with that uh, uh, product creator right now. Product creator, okay. So number one is as a product creator, your inventory is your business. Um, so manage your inventory so you don't have a lot, but you have to have enough to fill orders quickly, right? So plan ahead. Uh, like in my case, 
the soap that I make, I cannot make it today and sell it tomorrow. It needs to be cured for four to six weeks, right? So I have to plan accordingly uh, so that I can feel the needs of, you know, let's say Black Friday or the holiday season, right? So that's number one. Uh, another one is know your number. So it's kind of tied back to what Wendy was saying. You know, you got to know your number, make sure you make enough margin so you can sustain as a business to move forward and reinvest into it and also pay yourself, right? <laughs> and then the third one is actually, I'm pretty sure it was delaying. It was actually from you, one of your podcast uh, episode way back when, when I first started. Um, I remember you were saying, um, do revenue generating activities every day. Mm-hmm. And I was before like, noon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yes, got to remember that because there are so many other things that we can do. But number one is make sure you're doing revenue generating things, right? <laughs> I love that. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. And yes, yes, and yes. Okay. I had to write yours down because I, sorry, Wendy, I am blame stroke brain because I was just captivated by what you're saying. And I'm like, what were her three points? <laughs> but so I, I, Natalie, yes, inventory management, right? Cause that could be very costly if you are just producing, producing, producing and not selling. And it also the flip side, getting orders and not having inventory. So very important to keep on top of that is it is frightful, but if you have a system, and watching by watching what you said, your numbers, that means also inventory numbers because that is cost and expenses and overhead. So watching that and knowing your numbers so that you are uh, having the inventory because it can be very expensive. And I've learned painful, expensive lessons through that because I, I went into big retail fast and I did not have the inventory to supply for a reorder, which is horrid. So you have to be very careful and make sure you have all your ducks in a row before you jump into the ocean. And um, and thank you for pointing out, yes, focusing on one or two hours of income generating, revenue creating tasks. Because as an entrepreneur and as a mom, your plate fills quickly, right? You can be very busy with many things and then come out at the end of the day making nothing in revenue. So focus on that one hour or two hours in the morning. And I say morning because I, I run on Eastern Standard Time, even though I live in the Pacific Coast side. <laughs> you you want, to, because even if you spend one or two hours, it doesn't mean you're making that money that morning. It's connecting with leads. It is following up with sales orders and calls. And then that that sale will happen. And ladies and gentlemen, don't be discouraged. It does the average is seven touches before a possible sale can happen, because people are busy. And we ladies take it personally, and I I do it. I was like, oh my goodness, they didn't reply yet. No, they have a life. They are busy. They got things going. So we send a friendly reminder, touching base again and again and again, and and you do that and and watch that sale happen so focus one or two hours each morning brilliant love it now ladies you know this podcast is about how to create better i would love for your one short tip on how to create 
better of my four things I touch on, which is family, health, business, and self. So one quick tip, Wendy, on how to create better family. One thing. I try to um, spend a, uh, an hour of one-on-one time with each of my girls, at least once a week, usually more often than that. Beautiful. Love that. How about you, Natalie? A family uh, tip on how to create better I- family. I keep on reminding myself to define my own success. Uh, Otherwise, other people's agenda and success will creep in and I'll be working on or spending my two resources, time and money on things that ended up at the end of the day doesn't really matter to me. Okay, so I love that tip. So would that tip be for create better self? I think it's for all, like for business for sure, right? but also the relationship you have with other people mm-hmm. and the relationship you have with yourself, right? So what does that mean to be successful as a person? And then you go from there. I love that. I love that. And that's a beautiful example to kids, right? Don't compare to somebody else. Yep. Now, if you're going to compare, compare to yourself yesterday. How are you going to be better today than you were yesterday? I love that so much. Okay, one more because I want to keep this short and sweet. Wendy, one tip on how to create better business. Um, Hire based on values. Skills can be taught. Um, And and ask yourself how your business is making the world better. Uh, and, And if you can't think of anything, maybe you should explore that a little further. Wonderful. I love that. Be introspective on your business. How is it making the world better? And then share that, right? Because that should be your passion. I think I think when your passion is to wake up thinking, okay, how can I help somebody today? What can I learn today? And, and your business as a small business owner, your business actually should be an extension of your passion. I actually wrote a whole book about that. <laughs> It is. It is truly an extension of your passion. And that is what's going to make your, your product or service sell itself and be contagious is when people can understand and see visibly your passion of how you are providing that solution to a problem in the world. And and I want to encourage you all to, to do exactly what Wendy just said. Reflect on that. And if you're stumbling, really reflect on it until you can Find it so that you can present it beautifully. I'm going to end with one question to Natalie. And I know your answer was beautiful to touch on all of them. I'm going to be very specific right now on one tip that you would love to share on how to create better business. It's related to what you just said, uh, Elaine, about following up and people are busy is do not take it personally, right? Uh, it takes, you know, a lot of time you have to reach out, reach out, and you hear radio silence. But again, it's not about me. It's, it might be something going on on the other end that I had no idea that's going on on the other person's life, on the other person's plate. So just, you know, be, be honest, be respectful, and follow up, and do not take it personally. And, yeah. yeah. And, even, <laughs> and even if they do say no... No doesn't mean no forever. It just means no, not right now. Yes. (laughs) Beautiful and beautiful. And also not every opportunity 
is your opportunity. So you don't always have to say yes. It's okay to say not yet, not right now. And it goes both ways. I love that. That, that no doesn't mean no forever. It just means not right now and to revisit. Ladies, you are incredible and I'm so grateful and, and so grateful for each of you ladies. And our listeners, we're so grateful for you and I know that you for sure got so many great tips and strategies from Wendy and Natalie and please do check them out. Wendy, if someone wanted to find you right now, where should they go? Uh, any, anywhere on snug about any, all my social media handles are Wendy Armbruster and snug about. So, um, if you want to get my attention quickly, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, don't email me. (laughs) (laughs) No email. (laughs) And Natalie, if someone wanted to find you right now, where would they go? Uh, they can go to pepsoap.com, P-E-P-S-O-A-P.com. And I'm active on Instagram. So shoot me a DM if you have any questions or just want to chit chat. I love talking to people on Instagram. That is awesome. And I will have all of um, these ladies' social media handles and their websites on our show notes. So you can go there as well. And Wendy and Natalie, you are beautiful people. And I'm so honored and blessed to know you. And thank you for sharing today. And our listeners, thank you for for listening and tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to you again and share more incredible people with you. Thank you so much. And ladies, we can all say bye. 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 That was fun. You guys are awesome.